Welcome to Animoa, the animated movie watch. I'm Beffers. And I'm Birdie. Today's episode is An American Tale. We pick our movies from the list of animated feature films on Wikipedia. Any movie with a theatrical release that has a critics rating of over 50% on Rotten Tomatoes will get its own episode here on Animoa. And we are watching these films in chronological order. Don Bluth and Steven Spielberg together at last. Yay! Yay! Yeah, they made a thing. They made a pretty, uh, they made an awesome pretty thing. memorable thing. Yep, it is a an American tale. It's time to talk about it. Yay! Well, first though, what what are we drinking? I have strawberry flavored milk because this movie makes me feel like a kid again, Aww. and I really need a sugar high right now. <laughs> <laughs> or do I? It's gonna make me dizzy. I mean, but it'll also make you feel like a kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't drink it yet. Oh, but I want it so bad. <laughs> But my drink! But your drink, you got tea? I, I have a London Fog, basically. Oh. Homemade London Fog. So, yeah. Mm. Um, that's it. Yay! Drink. My drink is so pink. It's so pink. It Again, it looked like there was a crime scene in the kitchen when you spilled some of that syrup. <laughs> <laughs> so sugary. <laughs> so! So, I've been looking forward to this because I, I think this might be the movie that started this podcast. Or at least... The idea of this podcast. Really? Because the last time we watched this, we immediately followed that with Bible Goes West. Yes. And, and I got us talking about animated movies. We were, we were kind of like drawing comparisons between them. And this was a few years ago. So that kind of tracks. Yeah. I remember we saw it with like a few people. Like we had some people over and we all watched it, right? Yep. I think so. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I was sort of sitting there the whole time kind of reflecting on like, oh yeah, we saw this and then we watched the sequel and we had some spirited discussions and I'll probably be bringing up some of the same points that I brought up then, honestly. Probably. I don't remember that well because we've watched a lot of movies since then. <laughs> but yeah, that's really kind of fun. It's it's like, like full circle almost. <laughs> Yay. Cool. Yeah, and what a movie to start these discussions. I love it. Yeah. Well... First off, do you consider An American Tale to be a cult classic or just a classic? That's weird. It's a weird one because it was incredibly successful at the box office. Again, this was like one of the only, I think maybe the first non-Disney animated film to like kind of put them in their place. Mm -hmm. Just be like, hey, hey, Disney, guess what? I thought The Secret of Nim did that. Not financially. Oh, not financially. Financially, yeah. this kicked Great Mass Detective's butt. Wow. But critically speaking, Great Mass Detective did better than An American Tale. Critics did not necessarily care for An American Tale. Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs down. Did they say why? In, it's it's kind of weird why. Uh, they, they On the one hand, they said, like, this is clearly for little kids. And on the other hand, they were like... This is too dark for little kids. It's like, okay. Make up your mind. Exactly. Fucking critics, am I right? And it's at the same time, I kind of see where they're coming from. Because it does have some weird tonal stuff that happens in it. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, how it does sort of present itself and how it is through Fievel's eyes. And it is, like, very, very, like, a lot of stuff is very for kids. And then at the same time, so much of the material, especially as an adult, you're like, oh my god. Like, sometimes you didn't even catch some of this shit when you were little. Do you have an example? Um, I mean, like, the, the political stuff, the fact that they're all talking, like, in, in the There Are No Cats in America song, they're all just talking about all their, their friends and family who died to cats. Like, I didn't really catch that when I was little. Like, I knew they were, like, just talking about bad stuff happened and cats are bad, but... I don't think I really understood, like, oh my god, the cats are just eating them. 
Like, because I was pretty young when I would have been watching this. Oh, so if they're not explicitly saying, oh, the cat ate my friend. Yeah. Theory, it, it just, just don't get it. It just sort of was like flying. And I get that. When you're really little, stuff like that does kind of fly over your head. Mm. And the fact that there's, yeah. Why is there a dead mouse on the table? Yeah, that's a fucking dead. That's a corpse. There's a corpse in this movie. Just on the table. They're having a wake. I mean, yeah, but Jesus. And, and, and yeah, just, just stuff like that. I don't know. And then, like, you know, just sort of, like, the, the, the darkness of the, the American dream and, and how difficult it truly was to achieve that and just the, the idealistic views of people, immigrants coming over and then the harsh realities they actually faced and stuff like that. That's some dark fucking material. Well, I thought it was portrayed in, in a good way for kids. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of darker. Yeah, that's true. You gotta learn history. Yep. Speaking of history, yeah, there's a lot in this movie. Oh man, I could have just done a full movie of aerial views mm. of late 19th century New York. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really, really cool depictions and lots of beautiful backgrounds. Yeah. Um, very painterly, when especially when compared to like the very cartoony mice. Just like all the like kind of like sets they had, kind of like the set design really of everything. It was just like, mm. ah, lots of accuracies, even just like with like specific objects that were being used. It was really cool. Yeah. And uh, I liked the trolleys and the trains and mm-hmm. the people and the horses. Just, yeah. Yeah. I wanted more of this world and less of Fievel, honestly. I love Fievel, but <laughs> I don't know. I got wrapped up in just sort of. Yeah, the historical research that they did. Yeah, no, no. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff. I have like a whole list of like, here, here are the, the really cool historical accuracies, and then here are the inaccuracies. But like, and I'm sure there's tons more. But I definitely had a list of things that I've noted throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Like you've got something as simple as like, oh, they're using a wax cylinder for a photograph. That's really cool. But on the other hand, it's an Edison phonograph. And that company was not established until a couple years later. Yeah, I had to look that up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it feels right, but at the same time, it feels wrong. And then the fact that it, like, it plays Stars and Stripes Forever, which was not composed until about a decade later. Mm. And it also started in the middle of the song. The uh, Statue of Liberty being like actually copper in color um, before it got all oxidized at the turn of the century, which I thought was really cool. But, like, I see like, oh, yeah, that's what she would have looked like. Yeah. That's awesome. The use of uh, um, Poor Wandering One from Pirates of Penzance, which was <laughs> composed a handful of years earlier, like late 70s, I think. Mm. So I thought that was cool. And, and like, they even show the sheet music and oh. it, it like accurately says like, oh, yes, this is Mabel and the other women singing this. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yay. And like uh, the whole like the, oh, my God, speaking of dark fucking material, the Cossacks and the, the, the pogrom and um yeah. Just them, like, decimating the shtetl where they were living. And it's just like, okay, um, yeah, let's just start with some ethnic cleansing, basically. Start with some death in true Disney style. Oh, my God. Except not Disney, but yes. Well, I mean, it's one of the things this movie has in common with. That's true. Stereotypical Disney At least movies. nobody does die in the family at the beginning. True. You could have, like, killed off the dad or something yeah. ridiculous. Oh, man. No, not Papa. Yeah, apparently that happened in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. The Pale of Settlement, <sighs> which was that pretty big region, but it did include um, Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh-huh. But yeah, so, and then of course some, the, the whole Tammany Hall thing with Honest John, and he's kind of got similarities to 
William Tweed or Boss Tweed, who was that political figure at the time who was corrupt mm-hmm. as heck. And I don't know if you've heard of um, Thomas Nast or if you learned about him in history class. He was Probably, a but I forgot. Um, political cartoonist really popularized the form of like, you know, political cartoons. Mm-hmm. And he like was just so critical of Tammany Hall and the, the, the tweed, what do they call it? I don't remember if it was like the tweed circle or the tweed something or other. It was just like the, all the, the people surrounding boss tweed. And like, there's like a cartoon of tweed himself with like a, a money bag for a head where it's just basically insinuating that like, Oh yeah. It's like called the brains. It's like, yeah, he wasn't elected for his brains. It was because of the money and stuff. But yeah, they were kind of famous for, skimming off the top and like inflating projects and then like taking the money and pouring it into other things and stuff like that. Just lots of corruption. Damn. And I guess the worst we see from Honest John is the whole, like, I'll just count this dead body as a vote. Um, <laughs> when I guess in reality, it was more like um, promising to help people out for votes. And like, that's kind of where some of that money was brought So like he did actually help people. It's just sort of, there, again, there was still corruption involved. Like, it's still corruption. So do you want to talk about the story of the immigration, or do you want to talk about the characters or combine? Yeah, because I don't know if we really need the like, Story aspects. Yeah, I mean, the story itself is pretty simple, because it's just like, yeah, they, 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 they travel to America, and they get separated, and then Fievel goes through a bunch of shit, and... Then they end up reunited at the end with lots of little things scattered throughout it with like the rallies or the wowies and <laughs> uh, the running into like the, the, the cat gang and Warren T rat and all that jazz and blah, blah, blah. Mask of Vince. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds more complicated than it is when I say all that. <laughs> wow. Best synopsis ever. I mean, um, we, don't, we don't need to do synopsis. Everyone's seen this. Yeah. I think it's interesting how five like keeps getting in trouble and also saving himself by the fact that he keeps wandering off. Yeah, poor wandering one. <laughs> Back at his home, like he tries to ward off all the cats who are attacking yeah. everybody. Barely survives that. Yeah. And then he gets separated from his family because he wanders off because he wants to see all the fish up on the deck. I was in my notes screaming at him, like, <laughs> listen to your fucking dad. Don't go up there. Stop it. I thought that scene started out really in, like, a gentle sort of eerie way. It was very eerie. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, dreamlike, the way yes. it was handled. Really good tone. Um, mm-hmm. Don Bluth does that again in Anastasia. Yes. That, that the dream sequence where... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I knew exactly what you meant. I was like, wait a minute. Speaking of dreams and people kind of getting themselves into peril. Hmm. Yeah, when it, I think it, it starts, that scene would start with, like, the bit with, like, the checkerboard that's kind of sliding mm-hmm. back and forth. Like, that... What? I don't know. I really love that shot. Yeah. I really liked that. And I think the music helps a lot, too. Oh, boy. Oh, the music. Um, and the composer was? James Horner. We could go into a whole a whole episode about James Horner. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what, what, what order we're talking about things. We're kind of bouncing uh, all over the place right uh, now. Oh, we were on the story and characters. Story and characters. Um, were we on characters? Okay. I, I, I we could ease into that. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk about Fievel? A pretty, uh, mostly kind of likable little child protagonist, but I kind of find him a little bit annoying. He is annoying, but he, it's like in a in a rambunctious way. Yeah. You know? um, I wish he had not sung. 
A single note. Oh, dear God. <laughs> like, sorry, kiddo, but that was just atrocious. And and Tanya's voice wasn't much better. Um, she's mm-hmm. so much better than a sequel. Dear God. <laughs> yeah, no. It was one of those cases where it's like, could you not have hired, like, some other kids that mm-hmm. had voices to dub this in or something? Yeah. that was just... I, I, I can't. I can't handle it. <laughs> It's like, what a nice song. Oh, God. <laughs> I'd rather listen to the pop version, even though they make it weirdly romantic. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> damn the 80s. Yeah. Although that's it. Like, you know, what, that's a really good song. But anyway, that's 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 going to the music. Yeah, yeah Five like, when you, when you think that that kid was, like, six years old or something when he's recording those lines, it's like, you know, good, good job. You got a lot of, like, good emotion out of him like yeah. you do feel bad for him and i i love the way he just sort of like whispers sometimes oh my God, that heartbreaking that almost made me cry yep <laughs> yeah and that's a big deal for you that's a big deal <laughs> yeah so every time we watch a sad movie you're always like i cried so much and then i'm like and maybe <laughs> i don't know we'll get there we'll get yeah. to some movies where i legit cried oh, in the theater i'm looking i'm looking forward to it which is kind of Awful, but um, <laughs> at the same time, damn it, welcome to my world. I look forward Cry to this. Cry <laughs> Yeah, no, like, you root for him, and he's got a cute little design. I love the floppy hat. I uh, mm-hmm. love the, 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 the long sleeves. It's just a, an iconic, sweet little character. And, and speaking of, I guess, just character design in general, um, the apparent, like, art direction for this film was to go more towards, like, old-school Disney, as mm-hmm. opposed to kind of like the more modern look of like animated films. I think they pulled that off, and they did, and I think it was a good choice. And also, animation-wise, there's other stuff to talk about, but we'll get there. Back to characters. Uh, how about his sister Tanya? Was it? Oh uh, yeah, Tanya or Tilly? <laughs> yeah, and actually, for that matter, Fievel or Philly. Which that's actually a whole other thing. Um, Steven Spielberg's maternal grandfather, I think it was, was named Fievel, but also his name was Philip. Hmm. Or I, I guess it was like his Yiddish name was Fievel, and then maybe he was like, just like he had the, the, the renaming of characters, it was Philip. So it's like kind of became Philly yeah. in a way, which is like, oh, interesting. But yes, Tanya or Tilly. Yeah, I think it's stupid that they changed her name at the immigration I don't, office. I don't know that they usually did that for first names. Like, I, I, I know stuff happened with like last names where they would like simplify things or like do different spellings but first names that seems like a stretch yeah because tanya isn't hard to pronounce no. at all yeah moscovitz i would sooner believe they would be like mouse yes your name is your last name is mouse now or something <laughs> stupid anyway she's she's fine it's nice to have like a character that actually still holds out hope um i love the scene where the family's kind of around like that painting of five and they're they're just kind of morosely going about their business and the parents are colored really dull colors but Mm -hmm. she's still brightly animated and she's like but he could still be alive and it's like that's nice good job i like the art on that that's that's a real real good choice there i again i like her better in the sequel so yeah 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 yeah. Uh, his parents are they Um, not adorable i i I love papa mama's fine I um, love Mama's wisecracking. Yeah, she she's a little snarky. I do like that she's got that. And then there's also the baby that vanishes halfway through the film, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. There's a baby. Holy crap. Baby got cut a little bit. The baby mm-hmm. suffered from cuts. Maybe they just kept her at home when they were in New York. I don't know. <laughs> kept her at home with, with like a, a mouse housekeeper. A mouse keeper. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but yeah, mom, Mama's fine, but Papa, holy shit. Um, what, what a... What a 
great character. I love his voice. I love his animation. I love, like, I, I want to hug him. I want to <laughs> hug from him. I like his, his beard. Yeah. He's all the way around his face. Kind of like, yeah, yeah. It just frames his entire face. Voiced by uh, Nehemiah Persoff. Um, who's still alive Ooh. and is what 102 I think Jeez. yeah <laughs> like that that's that's just so amazing to me I guess he was uh the papa in Yentl oh okay uh-huh. all right before that yeah that makes sense yeah <laughs> so I think that might have been like why he was cast as yeah. papa in this yeah. obviously you know he's doing his best for his family and yeah he might have been wrong about there being no cats in America but you know, I just feel bad for the dude. <laughs> like, worst fear ever, losing a child and yeah. not knowing if he's still alive. But they, they find him, and he gets to be part of one of the best reunions in movie history. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I still think Homeward Bound is way up there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I probably cry at both of them about as hard, though. Mm-hmm. And I think I'll touch more on that with the music, because I think that's one of the main reasons. But... Anyway. Uh, how about Bridget and the one guy? Tony the Pony. The guy who talks like this all the time. Yeah, it's really voice, annoying. voiced by a woman. Oh. Um, That's why it annoyed me. Who, incidentally, is the mother of Mae Whitman. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pat Music. I just thought that was a really fun trivia thing. And it also made me realize, oh my god, we're like about, about Mae Whitman's age. We're like a year older than her. Mm. <laughs> That's weird. Mm. Okay. A lot of the side characters suffered from, like, they don't get much depth they're just sort of there to progress the story Mm -hmm. and they get reduced to just stereotypes yeah i had a problem with that too. so many stereotypes in this movie where it's like some of them are like okay i get why we're doing this because we do have to do shorthand to like get this shit across and it is the 80s so we're not sensitive about shit Mm -hmm. but it's yeah it's also the 80s and we're really not sensitive about certain things and i'm just like this just feels like the fucking pound scene and leading the tramp all over again yeah. um, with all these characters. I feel like Honest John might be the most like, mm, okay, drunk Irish dude. Okay. Yeah. Ha ha ha. I guess. Tony and Bridget, whatever. I, and I could give, I, I couldn't give two shits about their romance or whatever. <laughs> their romance was hilarious. It was just <laughs> instantaneous and stupid to me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have patience for that shit anymore. <laughs> and I noticed uh, Bridget has that purple eyeshadow that all the oh, lady characters have. They acquire it as soon as they start making eyes at someone. Yeah. It just spontaneously appears. <laughs> yeah, she got that glamour shot where it's like, hello furries. <laughs> Uh, Look at your men. Now back to me. <laughs> I blame animation for furries. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. We've already talked about this. Okay. <laughs> I talk more. No, no, um, we're good. <laughs> the one stereotype I would, I actually kind of liked was Gussie Mouseheimer. Oh. Because, you know... Well, that's what we, I was going to say. It's Madeline Kahn. We love making fun of rich people, so... Yeah, she's rich, and she's basically just reprising the exact same voice she used in Blazing Saddles. So, forgiven. Instantly. <laughs> we don't care. It's a wowie. It's great. We Release the set... Oh, my God. It's so hard to say. Secret weapon. The secret weapon. That's Why don't, Why is that so hard to say? But, yeah, in, in, the, in the, the dramatic way, it's like, that's something we quoted a lot when I was younger. Release the secret weapon. <laughs> yep. Classic. And... and yeah, her, her her delivery is just delightful throughout. And it's 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 interesting because she does actually seem to care. She actually I think her heart is in the right place. She is a little bit like, okay, yeah, she's a rich person 
and a little bit above it and kind of like, ooh, uh, kind of like sideways glances at some of the the lower class. But she does want to help. So I thought that was interesting. The thing is, she acknowledges her privilege, but then she goes around and flaunts it. Yeah. And makes people think that, oh, I know it's best just because I have everything I ever want. How about Warren T. Rat? <laughs> Spoiler alert, he's not a rat, he's a cat. Oh my god, he's like the smallest fucking cat ever, too. Yeah. I don't understand the scale in this movie sometimes. <laughs> Usually the scale's great. When it comes to like backgrounds and stuff, like when we're looking at when we're looking at the the mice versus like the world around them, that it's it's fantastic. But when it comes to the cats sometimes, things get just sort of weirdly exaggerated and strange. And in his case, he's too small when usually the cats are too big. Cause like I guess yeah, they're supposed to be scary predators, so they're 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 exaggerated. Well, but. I guess uh, Warren is like the runt, <laughs> and so he can pretend to be a rat because yeah. of his size. But maybe it also gives him a complex, so he feels <laughs> like he has to be the big man. Well, he definitely has a complex because he's like pretending to be this educated, literate kind of person, like quoting Shakespeare and stuff. But he's wrong. When he quotes the Shakespeare, like, what is that music be the food of, uh, the, the food of love play on Macduff? <laughs> like, um, okay, <laughs> let's just combine different plays, shall we? Yeah. And then you have Tiger, who I'm guessing is like the big, big chonker. He's so, like a, like, I would say he's a main coon, except his ears aren't big enough, but he's, he's the big old fluffy cat and, uh, wears a t-shirt for some reason. They, they all wear t-shirts. t-shirts. <laughs> t-shirts weren't a thing yet, but whatever. Um, more fun little anachronisms, but, uh, Tiger, we didn't really finish talking about Warranty Rat. Um, you know, he's like a serviceable villainous kind of character. Uh, I like the idea of what he represents, this kind of racket that he's got going on where it's like, yeah, I'll pay you, uh, or no, you pay me for protection and he doesn't do shit because yeah. he's one of the cats anyway. <laughs> and then Tiger. Yeah. Tiger. Uh, he's pretty lovable. Dom DeLuise Dom being yep. Dom DeLuise. Exactly. That's about it. <laughs> yep. That's, that is about it. He's got some interesting little kind of neurotic quirks. That, you notice he was a nail biter. He's like spitting his yeah. nails out all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, he's quirky. He's, he's, he seems like a cuddly dude, you know, just yeah. like, I, I love the beginning of their song, that duo song where he's just like, I like... I like butterflies, <laughs> you know, and it's just really cute. And like, I was like, me too. And he just starts laughing when he's like, what's your favorite book? He's like, oh, oh, doing that thing that he does when he laughs. I think we pointed that out with uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy yeah. yeah. When he has his weird, like, <laughs> kind of laugh. In this movie, it made me think more of All Dogs Go to Heaven. Which, you know, I haven't seen for so long, so oh. I can't even compare. I don't watch, I did not watch that movie that much. Uh, um... But I, you know, will, will we see it? Did that one make the? It cut? does not. But oh. I plan to do a special episode, maybe for our hundred. For our hundred, yeah. I've also got something else in mind that I'm like, eh, I think I want to talk about this one. Mm-hmm. All right, I might even mention it during this because this person might come up. Um, anyway, uh, Tiger, yeah, no, like again, I like him better in the sequel. He does. Like, he's he's funnier in the sequel, and he's got mm-hmm. more of like an arc in this one. He, he has, like, his nice little moment there, but there's a moment where it's when Fievel's escaping and Warranty Rat, like, kind of goes up to Tiger's, like, you're fired. And then there's, like, this little sequence where it's just Fievel running and we've got, like, what feels like ADR over him with, like, Tiger just talking, like, yeah, you know what? I quit. Yeah, that, you, the, the, your music stinks. And he's just, like, talking over, like, the, the sequence and it just yeah. felt really shoehorned in. And yeah. I was like, what happened here? Is it... 
I, I, I do know that a lot of moments were like cut from this film. So I wonder if like certain things had to like kind of be rewritten, like kind of last minute or something, or just sort of clumsily put back in or something. Yeah. That part, that, that part, that part felt really weird. I was very confused by that part. Maybe that <laughs> contributed to uh, the critics not liking it as much. Yeah, maybe, maybe some of these cuts, it, it did make it a kind of, short movie but at the same time a tight movie you yeah. know so i don't know i don't know maybe it would have felt a little too bloated with all the scenes that they didn't hit oh, what was what? that Are you a little tiny dinosaur what the right. fuck right. <laughs> i hope the mic picked that up this came in here screaming Oh, hi. Oh, okay, well, cats. there are cats in America. Here's one right here in my I, lap. I guess she's pretending to be a cat for this oh. episode. Good girl. <laughs> okay. Um, Where were we? Uh, how about the cockroach? I do not know his name. Digit? I Digit. Think? Yeah. I like him. I don't. He doesn't look like a cockroach, and so I can get on board with him, and I like his his little electricity thing he does. He reminds me of the cricket from Mulan and the way he looks. Not to me. Yeah, to me. Um, and he kind of also reminded me of, like, Bartok from Anastasia, and then oh. he's just, like, this little weird sidekick dude who... Well, it's an whatever. animated kids movie, and weird little sidekicks are par for the course. Yeah, I mean, specifically, like, a Don Bluth one, though, so... And he, and I, oh, yeah, for that matter, even kind of like Petrie, I guess, just weird, quirky little fucker. Well, this is a Don Bluth movie, yeah. so... Yeah, I don't go. like him, though. Oh, <laughs> I, I, like just, him. I just didn't... Didn't care for him. I was just like, what the fuck is your quirk? Why are you twitching while you're counting? And why do you have electricity running through your antenna? Like, I don't get it. I do not get it. You don't have to get it. He's special. <sighs> okay. <laughs> there are a lot of things where I'm just like, I don't, I don't fucking get it. What are you doing, movie? <laughs> okay. Animation? Um, I'd like to talk about the rotoscoping. Yeah. So what kinds of things did they rotoscope? There they, was... The people, for sure. The people. Um, certain... I, I assume like things like the train and like the trolleys and stuff, probably like 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 modes of transportation. I don't know if the horses were off the top of my head. I don't think they were. The Statue of Liberty definitely was, um, especially with that that panning shot at the end where yeah. we're like going around it. That's going. Asa, can you not? <laughs> can you not? You're making noises. I mean, if you're going to rotoscope something, it should be something as recognizable as the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, and if you, you don't want to mess that up. No, and if you are going to be doing a shot where you're actually, like, rotating a camera around a thing in space, then fucking rotoscope it instead of just, like, how do we make this work in 2D? Um, there was a random basket. Yeah, the random basket's probably, like, the most pointless rotoscoping yeah. that they did. It's like, why? It's so obvious and weird. And then they rotoscoped the Mouse of Minsk. They sure did. They apparently... Oh, and also the boat earlier. Um, but, yeah, the, I think they made models... Um, I think there's like an actual like sculpture of this massive Minsk thing, and yeah, they 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 basically filmed it and then did the cell painting over it. <laughs> it's so terrible, kind of, but also well, scary. I yeah, that's the thing is I I think with the exception of things like the basket, where like little things where they really didn't need to be done. In the case of the humans in particular, and maybe like the the large large objects, and then also the the, the mouse of Minsk that was successful because 
kind of similar to Secret of Nim, where we had like the tractor and the humans like had their own world and mm-hmm. all that stuff was rotoscope. It just made it feel so alien to the mice. And I like that. Yeah. And and the mouse movements is supposed to be fucking terrifying, especially it, it scares the cats away. It scared me. Yeah, dude. It's scary. I thought I would have nightmares about that. Oh, and it roars <laughs> in this uh-huh. this this way. I can't even <laughs> makes me think of Probably, like, I bet they use the sound effect for Dinosaur and Land Before Time when that comes out. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. I know, like, for the cats, they use the same, like, roaring noises that Dragon had in Secret of Nim. Oh. And possibly some reused animation as well. They look a lot like Dragon, like, especially the Cossack cats. Yeah. It's interesting that they made the cats look like... Well, they made them sound like dogs, kind of, but they do. that ended up giving them a lion or tiger quality. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. Man, Don Booth just hates cats. <laughs> Goes out of his way to make, like, tiger kind of uncat-like in a lot of ways, and then in the sequel to have him even be like, look, he's pretending to be a dog. To make him, like, that far removed from cats, because cats suck. <laughs> Your Don Booth cats are the devil. Um, and also bugs. Bugs. He likes to bring bugs into the movie and make yeah. them as scary as possible. How about those sewer bugs? Uh, <laughs> you made so many noises when that happened. I had flashbacks to being in South Carolina surrounded by cockroaches. No! Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it, it very much reminded me of the spider in Secret of Nim as it approached her. They, they, all these sewer bugs. But very effective and creepy animation. And then there's the creepy sewer fish thing that eats them. Yeah. What the fuck was that? It was scary. An eel? Maybe. Yeah, it was like a really long fish, but it wasn't an alligator or anything. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, talking about the animation and like the kind of success of like this kind of older school feel for it. I loved the animation of like the waves during the, the ship oh, sequence. Like when they came alive? Yeah, when they, they're basically fucking like evil Poseidon. It felt like like Fantasia or something, with yeah. just like how dramatic and epic it all was. And then just like, gosh, effective use of light. They always had that like kind of dramatic backlighting with um, all the, the the cats when they're like showing up and all fucking things up and mm-hmm. terrifying. The light and the sparkles of like the dawn when they find Fievel at the end. <laughs> that was that made me giggle a little bit. <laughs> Man, it's good. It's good use of color. It it, it felt like one of those um, those filters you put on to make everything sparkle, like on your oh. phone. Yeah, and that, that made me They had an filter. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? We missed one or two characters. I know. I was just sort of leaving it up oh, to yeah. you. You're like <laughs> Henri. Oh yeah, Henri and his uh, Christopher Plummer. His song is. One of the ones that, I mean, I think most of the songs get stuck in my head, I'll be honest, but mm-hmm. then never, say never. Ah, oh, god damn you, Dob Luth, and your charismatic birds. He's got so many charismatic birds in his movie, and sometimes birds. they sing really good songs. And yeah, he does, he, he likes birds and mice, but he fucking hates cats. And I think he likes dogs, too, actually, yeah. just based off of what we've seen. Anyway, yeah, so Henri is a pigeon, and he's like, ah, oh, yes, the, the, ta- uh, the, the statue is my statue, and I'm putting it together. Uh-huh. It is my statue because I will poop on it later. I feel like he he's an immigrant, too, because yeah. he came over with, with the shipment that yeah. was the statue. I like that implication, yeah. and I, I like the idea that he is kind of like, oh, yes, I am helping put it together. It's like, that's, that's kind of cute. It's, it's kind of cute. <laughs> 
And I, I, I do like that he pops up at the end to like kind of be like, look, it's completed, even though it was completed in 86 and actually constructed as well. But that's okay. The shipment did arrive in 85, so they're yeah, close enough. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. My notes say that uh, what happened in Ukraine was in 85. Oh. Yeah. In, okay. Sorry, we just jumped from France to Ukraine well, all yeah, of a sudden. We're talking about dates. Okay. Okay, gotcha. gotcha so gotcha, that, gotcha. that kind of checks out, but the, the technologies and the t-shirts and all that, that does not check out. Yeah, they had, again, for, for something that had a lot of accuracies and they, like, worked around it really well, they also threw in a bunch of anachronisms. It's like, eh, okay. You know, they done all right, though. For that matter, Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> that also was not the right time mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, that showed up years later. And also broccoli. Broccoli wasn't a thing yet oh. in the United States. Really? Yeah. No, not until like 1920s or something. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know something felt wrong about that. Today I learned right. broccoli was not a thing. It, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, they, they didn't start growing it until later, like like a, another wave of immigrants. And they started growing it in, what, California, I think? It's almost like immigration is great for this country. You know? <laughs> Bring over so many cool things. Yeah. Then you get to eat your vegetables. <laughs> Be healthy. <laughs> Immigration gave us broccoli. <laughs> Not what I was expecting to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, what about Henri's lady friends? I mean, weird boob birds. They were hilarious, but they also creeped me out. Yeah, boob birds. And when they started singing, I was like, oh, it's the triplets from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. French triplets. What's up with that? What is up with that? <laughs> anyway. Anything else about the animation or characters or animation of characters? I mean, not really. It's generally good stuff, but it's nothing, not not too much that's like mind-blowing in terms of like, wow, look at this groundbreaking animation technique they used or something. Or, yeah. yeah. And now the music. Okay. Okay, I got, a, got two questions. One, okay. favorite song with lyrics. Two, favorite orchestral song. Sure. <laughs> I stumped you. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels cheap to say somewhere out there because honestly, like I like the tune and it's a great tune, but I hate when the kids sing it and it's so fucking eighties when the credits version plays. Well, what about when Tori and Abed sing it? Well, that's the best one, <laughs> and I always come back to that one whenever I think of that song. That's the one I think of, <laughs> and it's so good and it makes me cry. No, in. Honestly, God, it's it's such a toss-up because I, I I do I love Never Say Never because of just like how catchy it is and how upbeat it is and how positive it is. It's a nice little message. But there are no cats in America is kind of like one that just sort of pops up in my head and won't go away. Also, they're earworms mm-hmm. for me. They're supposed to be. Am I allowed to say like, oh, it's actually a song from the sequel? <laughs> no, we're not talking. Damn about it! The Damn it! Because <laughs> I like those songs. Better. When we watch the sequel, then you can choose. Yay! Because <laughs> yeah, we get to talk about the sequel. I'm so excited. I think my favorite song with lyrics would be "Never Say Never" because it's a gentle, upbeat song. I like that. And I love not, the end of it too. Yeah, it's not like blasted in your head like "No Cats in America." Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, favorite orchestral theme. <laughs> For me, it is uh, when Fievel's in the bottle and he sees the Statue of Liberty. Okay, yeah. Um, I the, almost uh, cried. Yeah, oh wow, that one almost got you, yeah. did it? Yeah, the, the, the new Colossus, the, the, the poem. 
that's inscribed on Statue of Liberty, Liberty, you've got like the the choir just singing it. But it's the tune is a theme we hear throughout the movie also. Like there there are a lot of motifs that we hear throughout the whole film. And it's kind of hard to pick anything other than just like the main theme of the movie because mm-hmm. it it plays like when they reunite too. That's probably the moment when they reunite is probably my favorite use of it. But okay. that yeah, da, da, yeah, da, 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 da. so then that's so It's so good. Okay, it's beautiful. But yeah, James Horner, very talented film score composer because he um was very talented in not getting involved with litigation for plagiarism. What? Um, dear God, this man borrowed from every single fucking thing under the sun, including himself. Like as much as I love his music. It's it just look at like pretty much any classical piece of music and it's like, oh yeah, James Horner borrowed that. Oh yeah, James Horner did something with that. And almost to a point where it's like painful sometimes to be like, oh God, I have heard this before. Mm-hmm. Buddy, come on. Come <laughs> on. You knew better. You knew better than to use that. Even um, the uh, Pathétique, Beethoven, the second movement, the mm-hmm. Adagio, um, has elements of, well, rather the other way around, but somewhere out there has elements of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the part that goes, that will, da, 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 da. Yeah. And it like, does that in the body of Pathetic. So it's like, ah, wait a minute. And it's like, it's, again, it's not always a bad thing. And I, I do, he, he comes up with very memorable themes. That is something that he has, he did, sorry, rip, very successfully. I forget how recently he passed away. It's within the past, like, 10 years, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, the score he did for this film is probably one of its strongest in my opinion cool as someone who recognizes a lot of the positives around this movie but has to admit that it's not my favorite yeah the soundtrack's probably one of my favorite parts of it cool yeah it's just very uh emotional yeah very emotional well i got nothing else hmm well then i have some like fun trivia and shit then to talk about i suppose uh, let's talk about, let's talk about David Kirshner. Okay. So David Kirshner worked on the story for this movie and also would go on to work on story for other movies. He had already worked on some other things, like something notable that popped up in his filmography that I was like, holy shit, really? Hocus Pocus. Cool. And also The Page Master, which is a movie that will not make our... Will not. No, it will not. But I really want to fucking watch it because okay. that was one of the movies that I grew up with and I was like... <laughs> I love this because it's about books. <laughs> they're, 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 it's not good. It's not it's good. Not good. It's not. It's actually pretty awful. But, but I, it's it's one of those movies that you forget how bad it is until you're yeah, watching. It. I, I really I hope we can watch that for our hundred special or something. If we make it that far in the timeline. Oh, we will. Okay, that's like in the mid nineties, so we might make it there by a hundred. I don't know. Maybe one hundred and fifty then. <laughs> I don't know. I want to talk about the goddamn Page Master, damn it. Every 50th episode, we'll do an episode on the Page Master, I guess. <laughs> Wait, every, we'll just, every time, we'll just yeah. watch it again and talk about it again. <laughs> I like that plan. Anyway, David Gershner, back to him. Sorry, not just a story guy, but also worked on. Well, I, I don't even know how to transition into this. You know what? Fuck it. He, was, he, he created the Chucky doll. Oh, no. Yeah. He designed it. I hate that guy. Yeah, no, this is this was him. And he worked on this goddamn story. It's like, okay, so no wonder some of this stuff is like 80s 
intense trauma shit. (laughs) (laughs) What else do we have here? I've already mentioned a few of these things. Oh, yeah. I mean, just talking about how successful it was financially. So the budget of this was apparently $9 million, and it went on to gross $84 million wow. for, again, I think possibly, I don't know if it was like the highest grossing animated film period at the time, but definitely higher grossing than anything Disney had come out with in like recent history. Like they, they, they beat the shit out of Disney. Yeah. <laughs> And then eventually The Little Mermaid came out. And yeah. it's like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> but before that, we'll, we'll get a few more movies that kind of give Disney a run for their money. Which I think would include A Land Before Time. Because I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, um, I, I kind of am not. I don't oh, want to be traumatized. I do. <laughs> Make me cry. <laughs> Rip my heart out and stomp on it, please. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I feel like this is, is, what a weird episode. Like, I I want to be more enthusiastic about it, but I'm just not. Hmm. I really, really love this, but I can't really point to any specific moments that really got me. Except for that, that chorus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of nostalgia happening here, but as I've said like 50 billion times, I watched the sequel more, and I probably retain more memories about that. The more you watch something as a kid, the more you're going to like it. Yeah. And it was more probably just like lighthearted and kid-friendly anyway, whereas this one was just dark and sad throughout most of the movie. And it made cats look evil. Yeah. So mean to the kitty cats. I have two quotes that really got me. Mm -hmm. There's one where the family is leaving Europe. They're at a port in Germany Mm -hmm. and they're, I forget if they're seagulls or mice. But they're watching the boat. Seagulls. Seagulls, yeah. I love the seagulls in this, in this movie. <laughs> um, they're watching the boat go away, and one of them says, I got a cousin in America. And the right. other one says, yeah, you and everybody else. Yeah. And then they look at each other and then just start laughing. That part was cute. Uh, and that actually reminds me of something else, but finish your other quote. My other quote was Tiger when Fievel was tickling him. Oh, the back scratching. scratching his back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Tiger was like, laughing so much and then he was like stop no don't stop (laughs) (laughs) yes that's such a cat thing to do yeah very cat (laughs) um apparently Don Deluise like suggested that moment where Mm -hmm. they stopped the song for him to scratch his back like that because he mentions you scratch my back or I'll scratch your back you scratch mine and then he just like it's like oh wait yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's really cute yeah I love that that he had that kind of like artistic collaboration and control but yeah, your thing that you just mentioned with the seagulls uh, reminds me that something that I, I remember at least my mom quoting a lot growing up, and I forget if there was like a specific reason for this, but the, the keep walking thing hmm. popped up in my family a lot. Like that, keep walking! And I don't know if it was connected to something else. I, I'd have to ask, and I probably should have done that when I talked to her yesterday. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, keep walking stuck with me. <laughs> All right. But yeah, no, I... I it's a good film. I don't think it's Bluth's best. It definitely probably performed the best, probably, of all of his films. Interesting. I, that's, that's my understanding, though. Um, I, I still think Nim is superior, just as a film in general. Mm-hmm. And I probably... Well, I don't know actually how well Anastasia performed. That might have done really well. I, I think it did. Yeah, I think it did. 
Um, we'll have to finish watching all the loose films and see what happens. Yeah. Well, we're going to be skipping out a lot of them, but I think we'll get to that maybe when we get to maybe the last blues film we review until... Like, there's going to be, I think, a gap between, like, what is it? Maybe All Dogs Go to Heaven and Anastasia. Because mm-hmm. there were a bunch of films in between there that we're not going to be talking about. Yeah. So we can maybe touch on those then. All right. Because, yeah, no. I think good movie. Just... Not my favorite, and and I don't know why. It's sort of like I I feel a little bit more lukewarm towards it than I wish I did. It, but it's got a beautiful fucking soundtrack, and I will at least grant it that. From what I remember, I preferred the first one to Five All Goes West, but <laughs> we'll have to get to that point. Yep, yep. So, what would you rate this movie? Hmm, I could rate it a strawberry milk, even though I'm not the one drinking it. I was gonna rate it a strawberry milk. But my reasoning is probably different than yours. What's your reasoning? My reasoning is I'd rather have chocolate milk. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I would too, but... <laughs> what's, what's, your reason? what's your reasoning? My reasoning is that strawberry milk just touches this part of my stomach that <laughs> that makes me feel like a kid. Uh-huh. It, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's still better than just plain milk. Oh yeah, everything's better than plain milk. Unless you're eating Unless something you're with it, right? Something. But if you're just drinking plain milk, ah, who the fuck does that? Come on. <laughs> strawberry milk just brings back memories, and so does this movie, even though mm-hmm. I barely watched it. Just yeah. it has a lot of history and nostalgia baked into it. Yeah, there's it's it's funny. It's it's an incredibly nostalgic film, even if it's something that you didn't watch a ton growing up, I feel. It's just there's just something about it. Very eighties. <laughs> the 80s do that very well maybe it's our age <laughs> okay well I guess that's it for this hey. and so what do we have next time Beffers? next time is a really long name Royal Space Force The Wings of Hone Amnese I think that's how you say it Hone Amnese your guess is as good as mine I have never heard of this in my life I mean that looks French but this is a Japanese sci-fi film Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And and wow. All right. I guess fun. That's going to be a, a trip. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect from that. So yeah, I guess then uh, we will see you guys next time. Bye now. Bye-bye. Maybe it would have felt a little too bloated with all the scenes that they didn't. Hit. <laughs> what? What's that? Are you a little tiny dinosaur? What the fuck?